Hello, Zillennial Canon. This is um, Sean Patrick O'Brien, friend of the pod from uh, Kangaroo Jack and um, host of the SeltzerCast. I'm here to talk about, um, very briefly, uh, so you recently covered Hoodwinked on the podcast, um, and I said to Kira that I had seen any Shrek ripoff in theaters, probably all of them, um, including Hoodwinked. But there's another one that I wanted to mention, too, called Happily Never After, which actually was George Carlin's final film role. Um, I wanted to bring this up because I saw the movie in theaters and it was terrible, but um, with Hoodwinked as well, I was not aware that there was a sequel to it. Um, so there's a sequel to Happily Never After, and it is called, this is the strangest film title I've ever heard, Happily Never After 2, Snow White, and then Dash, Another Bite, and then At, but it's like the At symbol, At the Apple. So Happily Never After 2, Snow White, Another Bite at the Apple. I don't understand what that means. I don't remember anything about Happily Never After. I hopefully will never watch it again. Um, Happily Never After, one more thing I'll say, both films contain roles, um, both Hoodwinked and Happily Never After contain voice acting from Patrick Warburton and Andy Dick. All right, use that information what you will, and be sure to stream Happily Never After to Snow White, Another Bite of the Apple. Goodbye. Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzer Cast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Am I going to say something or what? <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Can you believe he actually said we live in a society in the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. <laughs> I, I'm Adam, and um, we really do live in a society. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and introduce our guests because uh, you've already heard from them. Uh, <laughs> today we have joining us. <laughs> We're really starting it this way. Imagine you're a child who loves Hoodwinked and you find this on Spotify. It just, it just goes sicko mode in the first minute. We've literally had people find us that way by just searching a movie and then being like, oh, somebody has talked about this movie before. And then they've threatened us via, via Gmail. Oh my god. Oh. Mm. 
<laughs> was it a Hello? Polar Express reference or was it a threat? We'll never know. <laughs> so today on the pod we have back from back to back. Mm. We have Zach. You've already heard him. This <laughs> you already know. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Skylar Reduzco. Hi, Skylar. Howdy, folks. Welcome, welcome. And- I am very happy to be here to talk about one of my many passions, Hoodwinked. (laughs) (laughs) So, you guys have been talking about, well, we've been, like, having this kind of, like, in the works for, like, a few months now. And I'm not really sure why you guys were insistent on both covering it. (laughs) So, if we could just get that out of the way. Uh... I think it's because Zach and I are very similar in our interests and passions and we both we, are very are. passionate about hoodwinked it's true have, have you ever read we're... dr jekyll and mr hyde <laughs> that <laughs> that's, that's like me and skylar you get one guess you get one guess you could rival Jared Leto's Joker love. Like you, I want to. I want to hear your. Jer- we got your Patrick Warburton, but I want to hear your Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I can actually do this. I can do the laugh for sure. Okay, Zach, just think about society. Think about society. Ground right, yourself. Yeah. Go. Let me. I'm gonna take a pen. Right, damaged. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that I run a cult? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Remember when he's laying on the ground and all the knives are around him, so you know that he's like threatening. Never watched it. Looks like our Gmail inbox. I, I Everybody watch Suicide Squad. Great movie. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie. Um, I think. <laughs> No, never mind. I was going to go into Suicide Squad discourse, but I'm just going to skip that part. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, isn't uh, Hoodwinked the original Suicide Squad? What it are really we? Some is. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is currently that was... walking around his house. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are our memories with Hoodwinked? Um. I I mean I don't have like a lot of memories with Hoodwinked. I remember like renting it from Hollywood Video like when I was this came out in two thousand five, so I was mm-hmm. probably like eight or nine when it came out, and I liked it when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I only saw it once because I had to return it, and I never thought about it again until this podcast. So, <laughs> uh, I have kind of just one memory and it's marginally liking this movie and it was a trip to go back to it uh today skylar what are your memories so (laughs) i was a very judgmental child um and i remember when hoodwinked came out i was like "Ooh, that art's bad (laughs) i never watched (laughs) it um and then in high school a friend was trying to like recollect the film and I was like oh I think you're thinking about Hoodwinked and they were like oh my god that movie's so great and I was like is it? And they're like yes 
Skylar, it is. And they dragged me to their house within a week, and we watched it that night. And I, 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 I was converted. I realized my flaws. Um, Hoodwinked is amazing, and um, I've genuinely enjoyed it ever since then. <laughs> I've actually never seen this movie, um, and I feel like I like just associate it with like. Like, I was also very, like, judgmental as a child, but I think I was more so, like, anxious, and I was, like, it's badly, like, animated, and it's, like, they're portraying these characters as, like, criminals, so, like, it must be, like, bad. Like, it's for, like, bad kids. (laughs) I'm sorry, excuse me? (laughs) Like... I was like, you, I don't you run know. like the neighborhood watch of like kids animated films. No, <laughs> no. But like, it's like, I like, I just thought that like it was just like, like morally bad. Like, I didn't think it was like a bad movie, but I thought that it was like I, offensive and morally bad. I like, like I'm not. You... I'm not entirely surprised because you like you also notoriously like didn't watch Nickelodeon and stuff. Like you. Were you, like, more drawn to, like, Disney and stuff, too? Um, I liked PBS. <laughs> this explains a lot. I, <laughs> this is more like a therapy session now. I feel, like, <laughs> again, again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I... No, I, I watched Disney and Nickelodeon, like, when I could or when I was, like, out of the house. Right. But Hoodwinked was, like, yeah. I didn't like the trailer for it, I remember. I remember the trailer for it a decent amount trailer <laughs> but yeah zach what are your memories with hoodwinked memories with hoodwinked uh i just watched it yesterday funny that you brought bring it up <laughs> uh <laughs> what's i gonna say the thing you said reminded me that i had an old friend from college who like won't watch stop nation stop motion animation because they believe it has a similar like eerie vibe to it <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I think they mean like... more like demonic sense. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I like, didn't know, like I, that I, was I connected to hell that way. <laughs> <laughs> was anyone else a kid where like they they saw them say like "Oh my god" on iCarly and it's like, "Whoa, they just said that." No. Yeah. <laughs> no. How did I watch Hoodwink? Okay, so or like, or like when they Zach, say like, Zach, Damn, I started and cussing in the fourth grade. Oh well, not me personally. Some other kid named Zach was like, uh, so like oh, Hoodwink oh. me was one of those movies where you had the DVD for it and you literally watched it so much you just like scratched the shit out of it because you played it all the time. I don't know why Hoodwink was that for me. I uh, I don't think I understood art, so I saw the animation and I was like, "This is like average." <laughs> I was like, "This is like not the worst thing in my eyes." And even on this rewatch, I still, well, I don't know. This movie looks pretty fucking ass. But anyway, I would watch it all the time, and I don't know. I just thought it was really funny, and so this was one of those movies for me and so to rewatch it and in my opinion it just be like pretty much as great as i remember it was like really nice because it's been a while since i've seen it so that was great i loved it (laughs) 
I, I find it funny that Skylar and Kara were like, this movie looked ugly when they were younger. And Zach was like, it looked okay. And then my dumbass when I was a kid, I was like, this looks pretty cool. Like, I think this, like, <laughs> like the animation's pretty sick. And then literally, like, within the first five seconds of starting it last night, I audibly went, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, this, is, this doesn't look good. Like, it already probably looked bad in 2005, but uh, it does not age well, like, as far as animation goes. It really looks rough. I really wish, and I'm sure it was, like, a budgetary thing, but I just really wish they, like, got a 2D animation studio, like, Hmm. in the same style as, like, Iron Giant or (laughs) recently watched Eight Crazy Nights. Your Uh, favorite movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 Um, like i feel like it would have lent better uh in terms of longevity of art style it was very obvious they were um banking off of the success of shrek in terms of the animation style Mm -hmm. but the problem was they weren't a major corporation like DreamWorks or Disney so you can't really afford to do it well anyways this was one of the first independently made um, computer animation movies and essentially like they didn't say it specifically but reading about like the conditions that it was animated under like it seems like it was literally animated in like a sweatshop yeah (laughs) In, like, the Philippines and then in India, I believe. Um, So (laughs) they were literally, like, um, the animators, like, there were statements from them being, like, we weren't even able to go back and, like, fix our mistakes. (laughs) 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 So that makes sense. (laughs) There's plenty wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you can tell. (laughs) um, Is anybody familiar with the Red Scare podcast? I know this sounds like (laughs) weird. Oh, what? Kira. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Okay, I don't think our audience overlaps with theirs in any way, shape, or form, but Little Red Riding Hood or Red Pocket, is that her name? Um, yes. She looks exactly like one of the hosts, Anna, and anybody... <laughs> yeah, she looks like she looks like Anna from Twitter that gets... Yeah, okay. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> but reading about it, um, they wanted to design her based on, like, a porcelain doll, which, like, makes sense when you read it like that, but it seems like they just said that um, so that, like, she wouldn't look as bad. <laughs> well, well here, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because <laughs> as I was watching, you know, because, like, in my heart, this is, like, a 10 out of 10. So I'm, like... How can I rationalize everything wrong with this movie? And so <laughs> as I'm watching it and the animation is is just awful. Like it's just awful. I'm thinking, okay, what excuse can you use for bad animation? Oh, it's a stylistic choice. Maybe they mm-hmm. meant for it to look like this. Maybe they're supposed to be doll-like. But then I see Wolfie on the basketball court talking with porcupines that are literally like rendered less than he is. Like they literally look like like putty and he looks like a rogue Muppet. And I'm just like, okay, I don't think that's the case. They actually... Sorry. Okay, I was going to say, I weirdly think they spent 
all of their budget on the grandma scenes because mm-hmm. I feel like there were some parts with the grandma where I would look at it and I'd be like, that's actually not bad. Like, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Compared to everything else. <laughs> there are even, like, some animals that, like, looked better than others. Like, the, the yeah. bear, I thought, looked pretty okay. But, they, like... they invested in fur technology. Yeah. <laughs> Digital like, fur technology. And, av- and avalanche technology, and that's it. Yeah. That's where the budget went. I, I think definitely the animals look still not good but noticeably better than the humans do and it's i I mean i definitely didn't notice this as a kid so it was kind of scary watching it last night like it was very off-putting um it's like watching with new eyes like really because like yeah i feel like now as older people we have more of a benchmark of like oh this looks good or bad or okay or whatever. And so I was like, oh, this is like really bad looking. <laughs> it's also like there are really weird like stylistic choices. I'm going to be entirely honest. This movie lost me within like the first 15 minutes. Like I, I no. finished it until the How end. fucking dare you? But it literally felt like my brain was going like, brrr, like, I couldn't, like, the camera was, like, swinging around and stuff. And, yeah. like, because they all look so bad, like, or in, like, weirdly, like, 3D rendered, like, it, like, the camera just, like, swinging around and, like, the way it was edited. And I was just, like, this is so much. And it wasn't even that I, like, wasn't enjoying it. It was just, like, I cannot process all of this right now. When I was watching it, and I knew Kira had never seen it, I was, like, <clears throat> she's not going to like this movie. Um, because I, <laughs> I, we often talk about this. We brought it up in the over the hedge episode, but like mm-hmm. this movie has like a lot of like mid two thousands trademarks, um, mm-hmm. especially that fucking squirrel. Yeah, like, it's exactly uh, hammy. Literally so hammy. But but worse, but way worse. Yeah. Like, although it's sometimes funny because like you can't even understand that bitch like it's like but it's funny but like the entire joke the entire bit is just like it drinks coffee like that's the that's the punch that's the build of the joke that's the punchline that's the entirety of the joke and mid-2000s family movies thought that was fucking hilarious like they thought the concept of coffee given to animals was the the pinnacle of comedy or like kids (laughs) like they made it seem like caffeine was which like i guess kind of it is but like they made it seem like caffeine was like speed like they were like (laughs) caffeine will literally fuck you up and like yeah i guess but like when i was a kid i thought that caffeine and coffee was gonna be the thing that like turned me into the flash like i I thought i was gonna be able to like my molecules like through walls going so fast but no like it just made me sad and like dependent oh exactly exactly you're absolutely right did this come before or after over the hedge because i meant to look it up not only because it's the same year no before wasn't it really they were both 2005 weren't they well, Over the Hedge was 2006. This yeah. was apparently also 2000. I thought it was 2005, but it was January 2006. I think they were at the same Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> Wait, 
I the thing is I can't even tell if that's a joke or not. No, I, it's not. Okay. This um, is a cans. The same weekend as um Sin City. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure it was like I read something about like Robert Rodriguez's wife or something liked it. I don't know. But so <laughs> The distribution of this was insane. So it was specifically made like with actual voice actors who like improvise and stuff like Tom Kenny and like Tara Strong, like legit, like talented voice actors, which honestly is amazing for an animated movie in the 2000s um, because it's not just like on celebs. Um, But then (laughs) the Weinsteins had recently left Disney and they wanted to get back at Disney by trying to one-up them by building the Weinstein Company. So they were like, we need an animated movie. So they bought this movie. Um, and they didn't cut the movie, really. And that was, like, one thing is that it's like, oh, we let the director and the writer have, like, creative control over it and stuff. But they completely recast the movie. And then the director made a statement about... Um, that now the original voice actors, like, they wouldn't be getting credit for their improv. Like, a lot of the movie was improv, and, like, now that they were taken off of it, like, that's just, like, gone. So, yeah. The Weinsteins also have this, like, weird thing. Isn't Dougal the Weinstein company? Well, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh... So they they (laughs) they take animated movies from either other countries or, like, weird independent shit like this. And they'll, like, recast it with, like, celebrities to make it more marketable. Yeah, yeah. I I have notoriously said on the pod many times that we... I refuse to do a Dougal episode. Like, we're never never doing it because... Look, I'm I'm glad. I would not listen to that episode. (laughs) No, I... No, and the thing is, like... The only kids movie where Kevin Smith makes an appearance. I... That movie is like Kira, I forgot. Have you seen Dougal? Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah, the the original like UK title was I think The Magic Roundabout or some shit. Yes. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I that was the first time I felt angry with a movie as a child. Like I actually felt <laughs> like I can't believe we wasted money on this. Add Adam for real, because that's literally like same. That was the first movie I saw as a kid. My mom literally slept through the whole thing, and then when she got like took me out, she's like, "Oh, did you enjoy that? Did you have a good time?" And I like my my hair like turned white. I looked like Roger Ebert. I was like, "That was the worst movie I've ever seen." I just remember being the first movie I ever saw that I was like, I didn't like that. <laughs> I just remember seeing the fucking poster with the dog at my local theater and thinking, wow, I like dogs and I like movies. I would probably like a dog <laughs> movie. And then I begged my mom to take me to see it and we both hated it. And I remember Curious George was playing next door. And I was Aww. like, I, I was like, I really failed you, buddy. I should have wanted to see you. <laughs> You, you heard the joyous laughter of children in the theater over. Yeah. So like, that, that should be me. I, I, I got lured in because it was, like, from the creator of The Fairly Odd Parents, which, like, I don't know what Butch Hartman did with that. I think he maybe, like, did some rewrites on the script or something. But I really, says a kid, oh, I love Fairly Odd Parents. I want to see it. But it was the worst decision of my life. Like, 
<laughs> so bad. Yeah, it's weird the way that they decide to market things um, in the U.S. So, do you guys remember that ballerina movie called, like, Leap? Yeah, oh, of course. Okay. So I think it was Canadian, maybe, but it was bought by the Weinstein Company the last year that they existed, <laughs> and um, they recast Elle Fanning in it, and then there was, like, an original song by Carly Rae Jepsen, and I'll tell you right now, first of all, don't know if that movie came out, second of all, from insider information, now that the company doesn't exist, I can say... The company shut down <laughs> with that poster and the poster for Tulip Fever in their lobby. <laughs> the office was abandoned with those two posters in their lobby. I can say now that the company's <laughs> shut down by insider information. Which is weird because those are the two posters in my room as well. <laughs> Do you have something to tell us? Listen, I, I have Tulip Fever. <laughs> the Adam's room's like bright red like years. he's got tulip fever I really yeah. do yeah. <laughs> but yeah so Harvey Harv put uh, a million celebs in this movie and it was never not the same Harv. again Harv <laughs> not Harv although I will say Exhibit being in this movie is deeply funny to me like just it's great just that he's in the credits and on the poster, I think, is just in itself funny. <laughs> Despite this, it having is... been recast with celebrities, like, they got some, like, very wild 2000 millennial celebrities. And, like, most of them kind of worked. Yeah. It's a stacked but... cast. It's stacked. I thought that all the money went towards casting these people, like, literally. <laughs> But apparently yeah. not. Apparently it just looked bad before. Well, there was an $8 million <laughs> budget, and then they made $110 million at the box office, so obviously they had something right. Can I... Okay. Before we get into the plot... Like, ten times. Sorry, what? <laughs> before we get into the plot, I just have to, like... So, I think that... Honestly, I think the filmmakers, like, wrote their own Wikipedia page... <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I don't remember what, I think it was Lizzie McGuire movie, but they were talking about, like, their influences, and it was, like, Run Lola Run or something. Was that Lizzie McGuire? Or something. I don't know. It was this movie, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Which is um, how I know it's good. So there's a line from the Wikipedia page. Structurally, the film was inspired by non-linear crime dramas such as Rashomon and Pulp Fiction. Um, of course! <laughs> and then, in the development section, it says that The Wolf was based on Chevy Chase's character in Fletch. Um, Absolutely, the yes. Producer, Actually, yeah. <laughs> producer and her husband pointed out similarities between um, the cops and the tv show thin man oh my grandpa likes that show okay um and yeah they have and of course they have inspiration from um roadrunner rocky and bullwinkle and the muppets and it was really funny how they tried to justify like how bad the characters look 
Um, because they were saying, like, oh, like, Howard the Duck and Kermit are, like, simple, and, like, also, like, Rankin and Bass, like, they took, they took, like, inspiration from, like, live action, like, puppets or, like, stop motion to, like, justify it, like, not being, like, fully rendered. (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, it's more... (laughs) Every word that I read just gets more insane, basically. Look, these filmmakers were on a mission from God, and I don't think that we should tamper with... No, this is a godless film. (laughs) (laughs) But did you see that about, like, the filmmakers, though? Apparently, like, the the directors and writers are all, like, really hardcore Christian. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where they they have to specify it in their Wikipedia pages. (laughs) Oh, no. This goes against many commandments. I don't know. (laughs) The director is a Christian and attends Bel Air Presbyterian Church where he's a member of their drama department. Excuse me. Oh, they're definitely, they definitely wrote their own Wikipedia pages. (laughs) Corey Edwards edited this whole thing. We know it. It's okay, bud. We Guys, get it. Um, you try to add Corey Edwards on Facebook. Just let me know. I'll do it. <laughs> I wait. I have to ask. I um. Did any of you guys see the sequel that came out in 2011? Nope. I no. I did not. I'm not a true fan. I I wanted to because I heard it was atrocious, but I did not watch it. See, unlike Hoodwinked, in which I had a friend reach out to me and say this is a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Nobody has ever said that to me about Hoodwinked too, <laughs> and I my theory, we're I know we're supposed to be talking about Hoodwinked, but my theory about where Hoodwinked two goes wrong is they don't start off like with what the end of Hoodwinked is sort of leading the plot into. Like they don't have a detective agency in Hoodwinked two. Why not? It doesn't make sense. Skyler, I'm I'm gonna solve your problem. I'm gonna watch Hoodwink Two, and then I'll text <laughs> you and say you should watch Hoodwink Two. <laughs> Hood All I remember, evil. Hood versus Evil. All I remember is that I saw the trailer for it, and it's Hansel and Gretel played by Bill Hader and Amy Poehler. And okay, they that go, kind of goes off though. And they and they go, <laughs> you've been hoodwinked too, and they hold up their fingers like a peace sign. And I was like, dude, that's Chappie. They said it. <laughs> oh, poetic cinema. But they gave it away, this one. And, and the first one, it's like a reveal. But that one, they just put it in the trailer. Like that, come on, you gotta save it. That's your, that's your big bucks. My only memory with Hoodwink 2, and it's a deeply cursed one, is that I, was, I went to go see um, the fifth Fast and Furious joint Fast Five opening weekend. And uh, I was sitting there ready to watch it. Does anyone remember D-Box? I saw that movie in D-Box. Uh, where they, they rattle the seats. Like right, Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, so I saw Fast Five in D-Box. Had my large popcorn ready to go. And these, these fuckers, they start playing Hoodwinked 2 instead of Fast Five. <laughs> like, I, I, in the theater? Yeah, in the theater. Because I'm sorry, that looks like a direct-to-DVD like, movie, which is why I'm like... You didn't curious. know? Yo, it played in theaters. I, that's another, I remember seeing the trailer for that on Nickelodeon yeah. and also having the same thought, hmm, that looks bad. Yeah, I, I, I missed that. And I remember they... Hoodwinked 2 and D-Box... 
Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember that they often switched out the theaters in the D-Box Auditorium because back in 2011, that was the only auditorium at that theater that also had a 3D projector. And Hoodwink 2 was in 3D for some fucking reason. Mm, of course it um, was. So well, no. I remember, not only was I watching the first three to five minutes of Hoodwink 2 in D-Box, but also in 3D without glasses. Um, <laughs> when I was hoping to catch a glimpse of Dominic Toretto and his beautiful Dodge Charger, I was watching <laughs> Hoodwink 2. So that's my <laughs> only think, memory. I think a reason why, I'm just assuming that the second one flopped, um, is because... I don't think they realized, or they probably did at some point, um, that the first one only really made money because it was made for such little amount of money. Like, it was such, like, a box office, like, like, I don't even know. Um, because, like, they literally, like, multiplied their budget by, like, almost 15 you, you tried. To, you'd have to try hard to not make money. Yeah. Um... Like, like, wait, wait, wait. The first one made 110 million dollars. The second one made 16.9 million dollars, and they had put um, like 25 million dollars into the second one. So they, they like lost that all their money and make. They could take that money and make two more Hoodwink sequels with the budgets of the first movie. Think about hey, that. Hey, I'm just glad Bill Hader got his check. You know. Yeah. He used that money to make Barry. Do you know that? Did he really? <laughs> they say sure. he's still using... Like, eventually. <laughs> they say he's still using the money from his paycheck from Hoodwink 2. Look, he's going to be on, like, he's gonna be on Rumor the press for Barry 3. So he's saying, I don't know where I'd be without Hoodwink 2, Hood versus Evil. Like, that, <laughs> it just paved the way. <laughs> I really want to approach everything. him and, like, just say, hey, I love your work on Hoodwink 2. <laughs> That's, I that's... loved your work in Dougal. Oh my God. He wasn't in Dougal, was he? Yes, he uh, was. He was in Dougal for like one line. Bill Hader? Yeah. What? I can't tell if this is a bit or not. I don't think it is because I've looked at his filmography multiple times when I was just like hyper fixating at 2 a.m. I'm going to go on Jimmy Fallon one day and then I'll be like, hey, by the way, I love Dougal. <laughs> it hasn't happened a lot, but anytime I've met a celebrity and do the whole, oh, I loved you in blank thing, I always go for like, the most obscure, just like not fun thing that they probably remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Find me Chevy like, Chase. That's what's up. I'm gonna say I love you and Dougal. I I can honestly say if I ever met Lawrence Fishburne, I would not go to the Matrix. I would say I love you as the villain in Osmosis Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. Do you think he's like, legitimately great in that movie? <laughs> do you think like Anne Hathaway remembers making Hoodwinked though, out of her no, whole I career? Think, I hope so. I think she hasn't. Like, Anne Hathaway is one of those people that I conceptually feel like she's done a lot, but she really hasn't done a whole lot. So I think she probably, honestly, does remember Hoodwinked. We're running yeah. Anne Hathaway, and she's like, "Look, when you are working with a script inspired by." you know, Rashomon, Pulp Fiction, uh, Run, Lola, Run. Like, you're going to remember that in your, in the, for the rest of your life. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, as she's winning the Oscar for Les Mis, she says, I would like to thank the team of Hoodwinked for making my dreams come true. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how Anne Hathaway, according to Wikipedia, went from doing the voice to the for this to doing Brokeback Mountain. Oh my god. <laughs> Both were wine queen joints that year, I think. Damn. As they guys say, these things are connected somehow. Do we yeah. think she uh she volunteered to do the Hudwing role so she could get that uh Brokeback Mountain role? Absolutely. She said, What do I have to do to be in your gay cowboy movie? <laughs> I'm 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 just assuming that she's like really passionately like writing like reading the lines of Hoodwink. And then one of the producers is like, hey, you're really good. Do you want to check out the script we have? I think it would be great for it. Exactly. It's like, hey, aren't you the girl from Hoodwinked? <laughs> it's like weird too, because it's like one of those things where I feel like this is almost a situation in Frozen too with Elsa, where it's like they cast like somebody who has like an a like a very adult voice to play like mm somebody who would not who's like a child or would not have that much of like an adult voice and I think like they did that specifically so that they could have an <laughs> but like yeah I don't know that's how old is she supposed to be in this movie like oh she looks like she's probably like maybe 10 yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> That's another um, mid two thousands animated movie tropes is like getting like a ten year old to be voiced by like a thirty to forty year old actress. Yeah, another two thousands animated trope that this uh, film has, which also shares with a uh, Polar Express, my favorite animated trope. Um, gonna say, let's do a sequence that could be made into a roller coaster. Yes. One day. Exactly. <laughs> that is millennial canon. It happens in Cat in the Hat also. Yeah. Um, so it's many. Just... At least Cat in the Hat is aware of it, though. Um, yeah. I wonder but... what theme park would actually build a hoodwinked ride if given the opportunity. Uh, the Weinstein Park. With so say, a, come on, kids, come to Weinstein Land. <laughs> with a Silver Linings Playbook Dark Ride, I don't know. You can have Krabby Snacks and Homemades. Yeah, the... yeah. Krabby <laughs> Snacks and Homemades. <laughs> That's a deep... I mean, Silver Linings Playbook. David or Russell there. Lamb, there's just, like, cocaine. <laughs> you can be emotionally abused. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But um, also, like, another, like... 2000s thing just peak 2005 they gave red like jeans under her skirt yeah like flare jeans on her it's skirt. so good like ashley tisdale on a red carpet her whole outfit with the hood i don't mind it mm-hmm. but the moment the hood comes off in one of those emotional sequences or like she's flying i'm like oh oh honey i can't look at this she looks yeah. like bald without the hood. <laughs> she does! They just forgot to give her hair, because they're like, oh, the hood's gonna be up the whole time, right? Yeah, we just won't give her hair. There Can we talk st- about that, too? Is that Ben Folds singing in that Red is yes. Blue song? Okay. Yes, yes. Ben Folds track, second movie <laughs> I was like, second this movie. is so 2000. 
months. <laughs> yeah, we're not even three months into 2021. We've already covered two Ben Folds joints this year. With, like, I... an insane squirrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was actually a comment on... Um... You guys could keep talking. I gotta find this comment about uh, that specific song. Um, the only other thing I have to say, truly, is in uh, addition to the squirrel going feral on coffee, is uh, mid-2000s movies love grandmas who can do crazy things. That's yes. also oh the power yes. of comedy. Mm-hmm. That's- and and uh, a little I'm- kid that could do karate also. I'm sure I- there's like, a, there's somebody has to have written a paper about the 2000s and karate but like, I don't. I don't understand. The two thousands were in a deep, deep relationship with karate, and you can tell through this movie. I th- Although some of the cutaway scenes were like, they'd show like Red with her uh, karate trophy were pretty funny. <laughs> I will say. So, um, although I will say the only part of that bit that I found funny was the callback. Like, this is a callback made specifically for me. It's a reference to the Vin Diesel movie Triple X because she has Triple G tattooed on her neck. <laughs> like, I was Vin- waiting for you to say something. <laughs> I, listen, I did not laugh once on my rewatch of this, but I laughed <laughs> so fucking loud when I saw that because I had no recollection of it. And it's genuinely. <laughs> Maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen in a kid's movie in my life. I, I, I love how as I watched it, I said, Adam is going to love this. <laughs> I, I did. I really fucking did. I, <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> That's a so, so peaceful moment. <laughs> I, found, I found this comment about, about the song Red is Blue by Ben Folds. For context, this this isn't the comment, but for context, for listeners, the song Red is Blue plays as Red is sad and walks along sad. It's so metaphorical. <laughs> so this comment, they put the timestamp for, like, the song, like, 5.51.39 to, like, whatever. They said, Red is Blue means many things here. Line break. <laughs> The flowers turn from red to blue. Line break. The character red is sad. Line break again. The character red is not wearing the hood and is blue from the moonlight. <laughs> and scene. Beautiful. <laughs> Just like straight up film analysis in the comment section of uh, just... 1080p hoodwinked uploaded to YouTube unchecked just completely like Kira reading that entire segment just picture me just like pulling out a cigarette just (laughs) ah shit (laughs) I was gonna ask did Zach write that comment that was me look I'm the guy that gave this a 5 out of 5 so like that was definitely me (laughs) I will um, say the this red is blue scene you guys. is you my least favorite scene in Hoodwinked. Tyler! <laughs> like, it's it's the one scene where I was like, I have to dock it a half a star on Letterboxd for this. Are you fucking kidding me? We got fucking I, dummy brains? You're gonna give a minus <laughs> 0.5 to, like, the emotional crux of the movie? Are you fucking clowning me right now? I gave, um, what was that movie? Oh, shit. Um. Probably one I liked, knowing you. (laughs) 
Um, uh-huh. Moonstruck. I gave that four and a half stars because they never you're told like, us you're the really, name. Like, of- no, no, no. You're like a disrespect to fucking Italian talking about Moonstruck, so you gotta give it a fucking five out of five. You fucking they kidding me right now? Four and a, I gave it four and a half stars because we didn't once know any of those dogs' names. Who you excuse me? Do the dogs have to get fucking made up to go to the opera? No, they don't fucking care. <laughs> they are a minor character. We see them multiple scenes. They are pivotal to the plot. <laughs> get out of here with we this need to know fucking, their names. Like anti-Italian garbage. I can't believe that right now. This is Italian race. <laughs> you know this. This was that's this a joke was... that doesn't exist. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Adam. No, I was going to say that is the Italian, uh, the anti-Italian stigma that Tony Soprano was talking about. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Have you guys kidding. seen that that new meme where it's like the Whisper app? Yes. My yes, favorite yes. one is My like favorite. I love the Sopranos. I wish Italians, Italians were, were real. real. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I literally like laughed for an hour after I saw that. It was so fucking good. But True. the red is blue scene. Um, I okay. So what I got from it is that she's upset because she has to work, and that her grandma gets to be like cool as fuck. Is that what is that what it is? Because so I kind of zoned I, out. <laughs> I got so what the red and blue scene is is her grandma basically lied to her about all of her personality her whole life and mm-hmm. she's really emotionally torn by that like imagine if you're you found out your grandma did extreme sports and hid that from you every <laughs> single year of your life you'd be like i'm gonna have a crisis now and listen to ben folds <laughs> and I, imagine I being so of her. i just don't think it's very i don't think it's a very exciting scene i don't think it needed to go on for that long but like it, it had a purpose for sure you know she was sex shaking his head. Um, you know, she was emotional over like finding out her grandma lied for lied to her, especially after Red just wanted to like leave the town and explore. Meanwhile, her grandma's doing like all this wild stuff and won't let her do anything. It's like yeah. both a secret and hypocritical. You know, it's overwhelming yeah. for a ten year old with the voice of a twenty five yeah. year old. That's like so that's the. Uh... That's how much I wasn't able to process this movie. Is that I thought that she was just like angry at her grandma for just being like on X Games mode. You're telling me that nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me nobody cared when Red is really singing her heart out, saying, "Could someone show me different day? Take me away. Take me out of the woods. It's a great big world." Yes, I have that song mostly memorized. I watched it that much. Oh my god! I, I was gonna say, do you have the lyrics pulled up? I, I I do not, and I don't know where I could find them. I can <laughs> I can only associate this movie with Twitter posts that I've sent to Kira, and there's the one one of my favorite ones I've ever sent her is, uh, "Damn girl, you're playing Phoebe Bridges at 10 a.m. Did you even try to be happy today?" It's <laughs> I. It's like, damn, Red, you're playing. You're, you're playing Ben Folds. Ben Folds. <laughs> Did you even try to be happy? In the moonlight, did you even try to be happy today? To to be completely non-joking, like unironic, like I do get that it's like an emotional, technically pivotal scene. I guess 
but this was the scene that I always skipped when I was a kid. Like I always <laughs> just went to that scene. Like you know, whenever you like, remember Good Luck Charlie or Good Cheer Up Charlie? Not Good Luck Charlie, yeah. not the show. Cheer yeah. Up Charlie from Willy Wonka from the Chocolate Factory. Wonka. No, I skipped every no. time. I performed it. I Skyler, the most fucking boring Adam. scene in cinematic history. Wait. Come on. Adam, why did you perform back? it? Did you play the mom from Willy Wonka? <laughs> We've been over this before. Grandpa Joe doesn't sing that song. Doesn't he? No, it's no, the mom. And Wonka Jr. he does. And Wonka <laughs> Jr. he does. Oh, and Wonka Jr. <laughs> I, wait, I was is, I was Grandpa Joe and Wonka Jr. And wait, I, so is, is Willy Wonka like his son in in Wonka no, Jr.? No, it's like it's like the it's like it's the, the abridged version for like kids theater to like license. Why they call it Wonka Jr.? Because it's like because it's not the it's not the juniors. It's not the Broadway version. It's the it's like. I mean, not that it needs to be deeply censored, but it's also condensed in time. Yeah, like I'm even like about Willy Wonka for kids. There's no Wonka <laughs> character. Why? Is it no, like even even like I'm not gonna like put Disney. on fucking like Les Miserables Junior. Imply there's a little John Valjean Junior. You know like... what? I did that too, Zach. I did do Les Mis Junior. <laughs> there's a did... Les Mis Junior. I did Dracula Junior. I did Susicle Junior. I did all, all this shit these, when the I was in. Characters are not having sons named after them. That's I did not... guys and I did guys and dolls Junior. I was stage manager yeah. for that, and friend of the pod Deirdre was one of the leads. Don't call it guys junior. and dolls Junior. Like. Call it like little guys and dolls or something. Don't call it little guys and dolls. That's so much better. Call it little they miss. Like don't call it. So like so like little shop of horrors would be like little little shop. You call it little little. You call it literal 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 shop of horrors. I literally like little little shop of horrors. I'm gonna send this to my theater group chat and. I'm I'm drawing a line the fucking sand. I'm not putting up with this shit. I already deal with too much theater shit every my life so i'm not putting up with this junior I, bullshit I, it's not a fucking big mac you call it fucking little something not junior i remember most of the lines from cheer up charlie and i am ashamed to admit right now I, ne- I, never <laughs> i'm just gonna say i think it's fine i understand that people don't like it because it's slow but mm. i think it gives the mm. mom's character mm. more depth and under Zach. <laughs> no, and no. When I watch me walk in the chocolate factory, I I look at like the piece of cardboard that is the mom, and I say, "Yeah, she needs more character development." Definitely. This is from the Gene Hackman movie. Wilder. Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah. Gene Hackman. Yeah. Gene Gene Hackman. Gene Wilder. Yeah. All the genes. Okay. I I like it. It 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 really. I think it does a more interesting take. Well, in general, Willy Wonka. Okay, don't get me started on Willy Wonka, but uh, Willy Wonka has a way more interesting take and a more realistic take on poverty than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. And this song happens while the mom is working. You know, her her son is just like miserable, and she's just like, I can't do anything because I'm at work, and my son's really sad, and I just I want my son to feel better, and that's what the whole song's about. And she's just like, you know. We're, we're trying our best. We're poor, but we're trying your best. And we want you to be happy. And that's the song. I can already tell Skylar like, got Jean Dielman before anybody else her age. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> no, but um, Winwinks. <laughs> speaking no. of scenes like that that you skip in movies or whatever, um, everyone talks about that in Santa Claus is Coming to Town, like the like psychedelic like um, that Mrs. Claus things, and people right, skip over on. that. But I was I like, I was like, wow, she's so beautiful. <laughs> Like wow, queen, so true. My queen, my queen. <laughs> so, it's Go so off, pretty man. though. Like the scene Take is your so pretty down. though. Yeah. My my like character arc was when I would skip over that as a kid, but like mm-hmm. the older I've gotten, I've been like, this is like the best scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, yeah, the whole thing's great, but that scene's really pretty, and everyone's like, it's so weird. It doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. It's like, okay, but it looks amazing, and great song, so... Yeah. Better than Red is Blue. Is that (laughs) Better than Red is Blue. Is Santa Claus Coming to Town that, like, little short thing they put on NBC, like, every year? Have you never seen it? Is that what it is? Like, the little stop-motion thing? Santa's origin story, yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking, I just want to make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. With the so Burgermeister. coming is town with the Burgermeister Meister Burger. Yeah. Um, okay. And the Winter Witch. Mm-hmm. Or the Winter Warlock, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Rankin Bass fans, don't worry. I don't mean to be <laughs> full of errors. Um, and then they have other Christmas ones, but yeah, that one, that's what is in that one. I like the Year Without a Santa Claus also. That one's good. That's a good one. The Year Without Santa Claus is my favorite. I think yeah. No Miser and Heat Miser. I I remember the one that I hated as a kid was the little drummer boy and it was because (laughs) because the only the one and only time I watched it was when I was in a doctor's office like waiting for a a checkup that I was really not excited about yeah and I was like and I'm just like watching this little bitch drum and I'm like I'm just like fuck this kid (laughs) I'm I'm happy that we never covered yet the live action Grinch because I have trauma associated with that movie. Oh, I well, I have bad feelings about that movie. If it goes you in want... the direction, oh, no, go ahead, Scarlett. Sorry. I was gonna say if you want someone to come on and just bash that movie, I'm here. Wait, I... what are we talking about? I've been here the how whole much time, I hate, but not really. Um, <laughs> how much I hate the live action Grinch movie. Well, if it. If this goes in the direction of um, the last live-action Seuss movie we covered, Kira will be thirsting over Jim Carrey within the next month after covering it. Skylar, I know you are not bashing critical commercial masterpiece from the director of Hillbilly Elegy. Stop. Solo All... a Star Wars story heads out there. Rise up. It's the our only, time to shine. The Watch only the thing that I will say is the last time I watched a live action Grinch, I was forced to because I was in a hospital bed in a neck brace and I couldn't reach the remote. <laughs> we'll discuss that in December, though. Yeah, that was your like Dana Carvey, Seinfeld, Frank Sinatra hospital like moment. <laughs> Uh, does Adam Adam do you the know Grinch about was that? in the other room dying? Wait, Adam, do you know wait, about what? that? Okay. The what? Sorry. So, Dana Carvey. <laughs> this is the best story, just like ever. Okay, fact check me if I'm wrong. So, okay. On the night of the Seinfeld finale, Dana Carvey yeah. was rushed to the hospital 
for like a heart transplant or something mm-hmm. like crazy, like open heart surgery. Jesus. And he missed the Seinfeld finale, first of all. And second of all, in the next room, was it Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Yep. Frank Sinatra was dying in the next room. <laughs> all of these things occurred and on the same magic night. <laughs> eventually died that night. Yes. I want the one night in Miami version of this. <laughs> I know somebody in who New York, would make baby. it. I know somebody who would make it. <laughs> and it's Sean. I was going to say, like, is it Sean? <laughs> I'm going to go to Frank. <laughs> we have another idea for you. I'm going to go to Frank Sinatra's grave and just be like, wow, imagine missing the Seinfeld finale. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm built different. Sorry, man. <laughs> Just eating gabagool on top of his. I would fucking POV. You are the gabagool, or actually no POV. You're like in a coffin underneath my gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, confession time. Is that like an actual food? The gabagool. Yes. 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 Or is it just yeah. slang for food? Hey, fucking, yes. you forget about it. The gabagool is or fucking. Is it a dish? Is it a... It's a fucking dish, baby. I'm not fucking... Italian, clearly. Yeah, I can fucking tell. You fucking bashing my boy Ronnie Howard over there. <laughs> I... Is Ron Howard even Italian, or is he just like. No, he's, he's, not fucking he's, Italian. he's got the spirit. I look at yeah, Ron Howard say. and I'm like, he could literally be like. He has zero culture. I can't like I can't place that man. He, he's, he's just you're one hundred percent Caucasian. He he's <laughs> he's definitely like Irish. Have you seen that man as a child? Damn. Yeah, uh, like my mom a... plays Andy Griffith on repeat <laughs> every day. I find it funny that in American Graffiti he's credited as Ronnie Howard. I just think that's funny. Like that's I'm how he's credited funny. on Andy Griffith too. I know it's so funny though. That's I mean, like I'm more called. familiar with uh, with American it. Graffiti, but I imagine do... like bullying him and being like, "Look at Ronnie Howard." I want to do the TikTok dance, but like to the Andy Griffith like whistle. Like, <laughs> theme song. I love I the that... Andy Griffith theme song. It's just so happy. It's a. I I want to do like a remix to it. Like, you know how like they did the the remix of the Little Einsteins. <laughs> yeah, like I want it for like the Andy Griffith theme song. Everybody, everybody, do the busset challenge, but to the Andy Griffith theme song. <laughs> I want to see. Are you listening? I want to. I want to see Don Knotts do the Renegade. <laughs> what is it? What is it, Renegade? The busset <laughs> challenge, but to red is blue. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> Everybody would just be like, "Is this the new Phoebe Bridgers song?" Or like, <laughs> stop. Adam looks like Punisher, like right now. I yeah, that's yeah. what I was going for. <laughs> I was oh, wearing fuck. the Phoebe merch last time, and he he just is Phoebe today. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm, I like to think I'm Phoebe every day. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I have like so many notes about the plot, but like, it's just basically me like questioning what is going on in the plot. Who cares? Hello, we're talking about one of the most tightly written scripts in animation. (laughs) I literally felt like my brain was just like echoing. 
Like I felt like You're, I was just rattling. Zach and I are here for you. We're ready away. for your answers. We'll give them to you. Um, what the fuck is the goat's deal? And I think that the goat is also so, Zach. <laughs> one yes. The goat was cursed by a witch, so he constantly has to sing. Or maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Or maybe not, as implied to that one line where he see, just like see, look at right there. See, this film is actually open to interpretation. The <laughs> goat character is one of the most baffling mysteries in cinematic history. Was he or was he not actually cursed by a mountain witch to sing everything he says? <laughs> These are David, all important. I think David Fincher's Zodiac was heavily inspired by this movie. The same way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the 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 guy at the end of Zodiac that they are pretty obvious as the killer, but he doesn't say all the right things or his stories don't add up. They have inspired from the goat. <laughs> and I was just saying, it's John Carroll Lynch shows up and he starts singing. It's yeah. like, wait, you have to sing everything you say? And he goes, that's right. It's like, wait, you didn't sing that. <laughs> the so you're saying that goat Zodiac. is the Zodiac killer? That's what I missed in this movie? Yeah, that's yeah, the subject. Is Ted right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate yeah um i yeah i like the italian sheep <laughs> that the the sheep was like a mafia oh i loved funny. him yeah i love Very a good, good i love i love italian people i wish i was italian <laughs> so bad not to bring it back to like italians hey, but forget about you want to bring it back to italians i'm fucking <laughs> But I wish I was Italian. I find Italians to be very comforting. Mm. And it's really weird that I'm so Long Island and I'm not Italian or Jewish. So, yeah. I really I really enjoyed that Italian sheep and I found it really comforting to me. Just watch The Sopranos and then you'll have Italian family. I plan on it. And then friend of the pod, Courtney and Noah... They got me and Sean to be interested in Riverdale. Oh, so I Riverdale think that, that might need to come before The Sopranos. Watch, watch Riverdale. You are no. really going to put fucking Kira. Riverdale over The Sopranos? Are you well, I've been planning on watching well, The Sopranos Riverdale for years. The modern day Sopranos. Kind of. Isn't Riverdale the worst thing I've ever heard of? Yes. The thing is, Riverdale was so great for a while. It genuinely was. And I mean that in a like a genuine like it was season two was like pure camp. It, it was amazing. But there reached a point in season three where it just crossed the line of no return. And it just it doesn't it doesn't like hold a candle to Tony Soprano and his shenanigans <laughs> and his uh his will will they won't they with but instead of will they won't they it's will he or will he not open up in therapy? It's it's just fucking amazing. Yeah, I know this will be my favorite show, however, Riverdale. <laughs> it's not even funny anymore. It's just sad. Okay, I'm sorry, well, Courtney. Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> a time jump that puts Archie in World War II begs to differ. That was apparently. funny. I'll, I, I that there has been nothing from the marketing material that made me want to restart Riverdale again. Except for that trailer where I was like, okay, maybe we're onto something here. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Taking so much psychic damage over an actual like debate 
between the Sopranos and fucking Riverdale. <laughs> I haven't heard this much. I haven't heard this much. I haven't heard this much. Archie would win Italian a fight slander. because he fought a bear. <laughs> I literally need you to stop hurting me. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I'm just saying, has Tony Soprano fought a bear? Um, he's fought his inner demons. <laughs> Same with so Archie. Has, well, Archie yeah, Archie knows the highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> so. I was gonna say, it, admittedly, Tony Soprano will never know the epic highs and lows of high school football. Exactly. He does, he does know the epic highs and lows of wanting to fuck your therapist. And... <laughs> <laughs> Which is a struggle. It really is, and he, <laughs> and I can't even say he overcomes it, but it's still entertaining <laughs> to, see, to, see him, to see him do it each week. Look, okay, Kira, if you watch Riverdale over The Sopranos, then like as penance, you have to text me every week about me and Italian going to my therapy sessions. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I. I mean, I think it's a deeply disrespectful thing to do, but at this point, I would expect <laughs> no less. Because that I that I would pick Riverdale over the yes, Sopranos. I would actually be more shocked if you chose the good thing over the bad thing. <laughs> oh my god! The, the, the Sopranos will always be there for you. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's always there. It's a legacy show. Like. Riverdale the movie, is kind of. But the movie's coming out this year. But they pushed the movie. Yeah, so yeah, Sopra- Soprano Jr. You have to watch it. Soprano Jr. The Soprano Jr. Soprano Jr. Little Soprano. The little Soprano. <laughs> tenor. The littlest Soprano. <laughs> they just call it the tenors. <laughs> the mezzo Sopranos. <laughs> That's Italiano, baby. Hey, fucking forget about it. I was watching the new um, Tom Holland movie, Cherry. And uh, no, I I, I don't know if I can talk about like it specifically, but uh, what's his name? Uh, James Gandolfini's son is in it. I think it's his like first acting thing, I think. And there are moments where I was like, oh, my God, it's like it's James. Like it made me so fucking sad. Because I miss James Gandolfini so much. I, I can't wait to see what he does. I'm very excited. He He's playing Tony in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. <clears throat> so yeah. hoodwinked. Yeah. <laughs> hoodwinked. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. What, what more about the plot do you have comments on, Kira? Um, well, I wrote down one line that I did catch that I kind of chuckled at was, uh, we're going to die in here. That's what they said at the Alamo. But- <laughs> <laughs> that, That's like, what they said at the Alamo. Wait, I- why? <laughs> um, Let's start treating this movie like the masterpieces. <laughs> The, the script for this is so it's like an onion there's so many layers to oh. it <laughs> it's and like there's an so ogre. many jokes it's like an ogre um there's like so many good quality jokes they're just one line that you're just like Oops. 
even if you don't necessarily laugh at them, it's a perfect, the, um, like, the script is well made enough that, like, even if you didn't laugh at one of the previous jokes, you're not going to be hung up on that because something else is happening and you're probably going to laugh at that. The The thing that I say about this movie when I, like, talk to people about it or even, like, have a chance to, like, maybe recommend it or something, I'm always, like, to me personally, this is a movie where the script is so good, it raises up everything to be good. And I said in my letterbox review, and I do genuinely mean this, it's very Simpsons-esque to me. Not obviously like as high quality, but in terms of like the amount of jokes that are well thought out and just delivered with a good consistency. That's how like I feel. Even if it's not like, oh, this is as good as The Simpsons. It like gives me that kind of vibe, I guess. I I had like a different take when I rewatched it because I was like I, I don't think the script is bad per se it's like there's certainly like a lot of funny lines but it was almost like for me the I thought the direction was really solid but restrained from budgetary things because there's actually moments where it felt like it could have like it was going for like a really great like visual comedy gag but the shittiness of the animation was like so restraining of it uh and the like the concept of what they were going for like in the first five minutes this movie throws like 80 jokes at you the from the second it starts and only i'd say half of them land but that's still like a good amount of jokes for how many they throw at you and i don't know like i just think if they were given i mean we already talked given more we could have been sad because you can see the talent behind the camera what you what? were just a robot again, really quick. Oh. That's the spirit of Hoodwink saying, no, silence, I'm perfect. The spirit of Hoodwink is just, like, fucking glitching. <laughs> uh, you can... Okay, I give up. I was gonna say good things about Hoodwink, but I'm done. No! <laughs> I, you were mentioning the jokes at the beginning. I genuinely love the joke basically <laughs> why do they call you flipper yes that's the one i was talking about mostly <laughs> great joke yeah yeah alzheimer um and that's what i'm talking about like the cutaways from jokes and like flashing back to certain things i think it's really cute and like could have really benefited from a better budget another solid joke <clears throat> is when um the wolf's like i was literally or it's like, yeah, I was I was raised by wolves, and it cuts away to the family photo, and zooms in on a picture of him as a baby. <laughs> that makes me cry laughing every time. It's such a weird gag. <laughs> so weird. I love it so much. I like the um. I like the detective frog, and I his dog. Great. I think that was the dog. I love the dog. I, love I the want dog. that dog. The dog's so cute. Um. Yeah. Those are like, my doesn't high the points. dog take notes? Yeah, he does. I love on a typewriter. I, I like that. That's that's yeah. a great bit. Yeah, that's my high my high point is uh, how cute the frog and his dog are. <laughs> I love the trope of like animals having pet animals, but like smaller pet animals. <laughs> like I think that's just really funny. Yeah. The only thing I wrote is that. 
I can't write down every joke I think is funny because I'd simply write the whole script of the movie. <laughs> I w- but the one that I thought about before I watched it that made me laugh and still makes me laugh is when <clears throat> Flipper's first interviews uh, Red and he goes, what's with the handcuffs on the little girl? Her wrist can slip right out. <laughs> <laughs> so they say to put her in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss uh, David Ogden Stiers so much. He he was a really great like vocal talent. Yeah. Um, no, I. Speaking, yeah. We're talking about highs. Um, I want to talk about um a low point in the movie besides that one previously mentioned section um the german slash hunter huntsman scene (laughs) has the worst animation yes i think out of all of the sequences Uh, specifically don't say it don't say it the scene where he's in the truck Mm -hmm. and is throwing out the, I don't know, the schnitzel or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the children's faces. I can't believe Yeah, the now. children, I'm like, hopping see. along, too. I can't believe that you're bashing, like, seven-year-old Zach's number one funniest movie no. scene of all time, the schnitzel <laughs> song from Hoodwinked. Literally, Skylar, we're I'm supposed sorry. to be, like, on the same wavelength. Okay. Like, the song is fine. Those children are not. Is what yeah, I'm they're gross. It's funny. One kid shoves schnitzel up his nose. It's fucking hilarious shit I've ever seen. <laughs> they're supposed was... to be ugly. Children are ugly. Here, I was considering uh, posting on tw- the Twitter account today. I want to smoke a blunt with them, but like it was the kids from the schnitzel scene. <laughs> but then I thought that might have been ill-advised, so I yeah. went instead with the poster. I'll I'll tweet it and you can retweet it. Okay, <laughs> I'll just say, uh, Zillennials, here's a free idea: a group Halloween costume. You're welcome. <gasps> All the characters in this movie. <laughs> You'll win yeah. the costume contest at any Zillennial hosted party. Kira, that just sparks so much joy inside of me. Imagining that. <laughs> you just got to get some jeans and a skirt to wear over it, and. You're all sad. I was just visualizing this group in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf like the is one... just like a furry costume. I'm saying, like, for the wolf, oh. like, they don't even put on any, like, mask or anything. They just wear, like, a basketball jersey and a blue jacket over it. Kira, <laughs> like, oh. Kira, Kira brought up something that makes me want to transition to the one question I have about this movie that I've never had answered. Furry. Um, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys pay attention to the character referred to as the Sandwich Man? Um, he is a man just in a tiger costume. Oh, yeah, man. he fucking works yeah, for what's, Glenn. What's his deal? Earl. <laughs> works for Earl. Oh, like, I, he, live, he I, lives in the forest. There's animals in this universe and there's humans. What is his deal? He is a human dressed up as an animal. <laughs> He's a furry. <laughs> the wolf puts on a granny mask at one point. Like, come on, you know. That's very different. <laughs> the granny merchandise that she just has. 
I think if we can look into the subtext of Hoodwinked, it's about like trying to make ends meet when you own a small <laughs> business, and you'll go to <laughs> you'll you'll try to fit in anywhere. Look and look, you have this monopolizing rabbit trying to sweep in. It's about the struggle of the hardworking yeah, small business the person. This is Jeff Bezos as a rabbit, yeah. <laughs> played by Andy Dick. Awful. Andy Dick in his most prized role. Do you guys um, do you guys remember that in the news lately? Oh, whenever, Jeff Be- whenever Jeff Bezos stepped down at the press conference, he said, "You've been hoodwinked, baby." Oh, my <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so I took I uh, I took Skylar's role here, and I just want to say. There are two fan fictions on Archive of Our Own. <gasps> oh no! About I'm, Hoodwink. I'm one, one of them. them one of them. <laughs> one of them is tagged like every single animated movie ever made, and then at the end of the tags it says, "Torture, hypnotism, castration, <laughs> radiation, World War II, lobotomy." <laughs> polyamory assassination paralysis and cliffhangers is that uh, a hoodwinked or is it my regular friday night (laughs) and then the second one the second one (laughs) the second one is called a red nightmare and it is um it's red pocket mr pocket mrs pocket granny pocket tagged i recently got into hoodwinked and i'm not sorry the description is the nightmare was a burden on her life, a constant reminder of what had happened. <laughs> when was this written? This was 2017. I need to find this person and have them on the podcast. Oh, it's literally about like Red's childhood trauma. Oh no. It's like my, worse than a page. My childhood trauma is hoodwinked. I'm more interested oh, in no. hypnotism and castration. <laughs> <laughs> like in a general sense. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> dude. Okay, not gonna lie, the wolf in Hoodwink. Pretty... Oh, buddy. No, me, me googling me googling oh, Hoodwink deviant art as you said that. Oh no. I... Oh, uh, I already found art of Red and the Bunny. I am no getting out of here. Let's not do that. I am let's, leaving. Let's, let's not cross a line we can't uncross, alright guys? I am ascending from this earth but in a negative way. Descending into hell. If we if we uncover oh, too dude, much like banned hoodwinked content, we're gonna the FBI is gonna interrogate all of us and then we're gonna have our own okay. little hoodwinked. Before we transition, I looked up hoodwinked fan art and here's hoodwinked Tron fan art. You're welcome. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. No, it's not. Okay, I, I drew I mean, it's a good that's idea like to cross them over. No, who it's not. Who would have thought of that? Those are the two least expected things that you would ever, like... Like, okay. you would never expect those two to cross over, and that person has an imagination, so... Look, they, they go... I'm proud of them. The no, they have too much time on their hands. <laughs> The characters of Tron go into Hoodwink to try to improve the animation quality. Like, it's, it's all connected. Honestly, <laughs> Daft Punk is there. I don't know yeah. what looks worse. They the animation of this movie or young Jeff Bridges and Tron Legacy. Oh, 
they both look pretty bad. Aww. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to say Tron Legacy looks better. Can I, I just know. say I haven't it? watched it in 10 years, but I have to say it looks better. Yeah, Daft Punk is going to remix Fred as Blue. <laughs> Can I just say <laughs> So, of course, I was curious after Hoodwink Deviant Art. Uh, <laughs> there's a piece of art that I recognize. <laughs> Did you make it? <laughs> the reason I recognize it for anyone that's been to Mike Myers Movie Club when I'm there, and if you ever see my screen, that's. <laughs> what? Those buff bears I looked up for Chattington. <laughs> no. So I'm pretty sure this is the exact same person that drew one of the buff bears that I have saved as like one of my like buff bear folder images. Because <laughs> <laughs> for explanation, this... Adam, Zach made an alter ego of Paddington oh, as I evil called I Chattington. Oh, and he looked up pictures of buff bears. And he votes Tory. Like, like, are we talking? Come on. Are, are we talking the They're... Virgin Paddington and the the, the Chattington? And the right Chattington, here. yes. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make just wanted to make sure we're on the all on the right. Okay. Well, because Skyler, I think you started it because you sent a photo of like this bear at the zoo, and he was like ripped as fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I said that's Chattington. <laughs> so ever since I've just found myself inexplicably looking up buff bears on DeviantArt <laughs> and now this guy um, I swear is like the first person look I'm just saying I really didn't realize MMMC was this chaotic <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have surpassed Mike Myers society hasn't but we, we have <laughs> Mike in the next Hoodwink movie yeah, I'm surprised he's not in these movies. Like the fact that like Jim Belushi doing? plays like the woodsman. Like I love Jim Belushi. I'm like full team Jim Belushi. But like mm. it's a very just like okay, who is like left that we could get to play this? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, sure... he's somebody else in the second movie. So I feel like in the third movie it could be Mike. Yeah. Yeah, that'll like, be his return to cinema, like, before the David R. Russell movie comes out. He could, just do his, he could just do his Dieter voice. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I want Mike to sing the schnitzel song. <laughs> I'm looking at the cast for the second one, because I was curious who didn't return for it. And honestly, everyone returned except for Anne Hathaway. Oh, wow. She's doing... She was in Les Mis, like, the same year, I think. But a year Adam, prior. Who, no, year after, who they got She's to replace her? Yeah, Hayden Panettiere. Meaning, <laughs> meaning, meaning, this movie, this, in April 2011, was a busy year for Hayden, because she starred in Scream 4 two weeks prior. So, <laughs> she was getting the checks that month. Oh my god. <laughs> what a time it. to be alive. <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> There's one where the wolf literally just looks like Scrappy Doo found dead in Miami. No, no. <laughs> he looks so Changing topic. funny. <laughs> looks so Zach is going to continue to scroll through deviant art all night long. This is the most non-plus looking wolf I've ever seen in my life. 
Well, <laughs> do we have any other thoughts about Hoodwink? Um, we can't be over that. This is the best movie. <laughs> masterpiece script. Yes. Awful art. Mm, debatable. Um, despite the voice team having been scrapped, beat up, and thrown up and thrown out in the back alley. Not bad voice department. Um, Overall, a real zillennial memory that I will cherish forever. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't... I don't know. It's like... it's It it marginally holds up, I guess. Um, I'm sorry, Zach. I'm sorry, Skylar. I think it's, like, okay. fine. I think it's fine. I didn't, like, really have cherished memories to begin with. I always enjoyed it as a kid. And I kind of enjoyed it on this rewatch. But I, I'm glad I got to listen to you guys be passionate about it. I was going to say, part of me <laughs> believes y'all did this just to humor me and Skylar. Kind of. Oh, 110%. 110%. I was mostly just, like, I'm just excited to have you guys. Give them a platform. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, literally. Like I, I was just excited <laughs> to have you guys on. I mean, it was oh, on our short oh. list, but I cannot say I was ever in a rush to pick it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This movie's so great. Next time you go to a basketball court and you see a human like <laughs> rendered in lower quality than you, like you are in real life, but they look like they're a Sims character, like you'll know what's up. (laughs) (laughs) My final thoughts are, couldn't tell you one thing about this movie. It's just vibes to me at this point. Just just it is vibes. It's just vibes. You're unintentionally shitting on Akira Kurosawa by like not liking this movie. I think it was I think it was actually Akira Kurosawa who once said the vibes are immaculate. I think it was once Akira Kurosawa that said, You've been hoodwinked, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and on You've that note too. Do you guys have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, twitchy. Oh. Oh no. Was that Patrick Corbin? <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> so Wait, do, you, do you want me to plug something back, or do you want to go first, or are you having a breakdown over there? <laughs> Skylar's like the actual artist with something to plug. Let, let her plug. <laughs> okay. So, in a week from this upcoming Friday, uh, <laughs> Brendan Fraser month with a super yaki is happening and I gladly have contributed six designs. Yes. Nice. Um, So excited. One of said design was, is a pattern that is used in multiple things that I'm very proud of. But uh, yeah. I have I have six designs. I can if you are curious, I can show you them. I have them right here. You, you guys can get a sneak peek, but nobody else can. <laughs> um, this is for the Z Cannon hosts and guests only. But yeah, um, please check it out. I'm 
really genuinely proud of the stuff I made. And I know other people are in this too. And I'm sure they've made like amazing things as well. Celebrate. I'm so excited. Celebrate the <laughs> canon icon. No, Saint Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. The man gave us Journey to the Center of the Earth and the Mummy in the yeah. same era. Like, yeah. what a king. I don't think Super Yaki's on this episode, but, you know, use code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps for 10% off and stock up on that uh, Brendan Fraser merch. Hell yeah, baby. You know, we got multiple friends of the pod involved in that one. That's Hell so yeah. fun, though. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you. I'm really oh. excited. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. Literally just rewatched the mummy like in anticipation for this merch drop. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be watching Monkey Bone again. Uh <laughs> I watch Monkey Bone. Uh oh well, wait, I guess uh I had no involvement in this, but like I contributed to a book of George Costanza centric poetry that <laughs> will be being sold on Super Yaki apparently. I don't know when, but if you want, you can get it. If you want, you don't have to, but you know, that'll be on there. It's really cool. Uh and on social I have a short film if you want to watch it. You don't have to watch that either though. But uh I'm I don't I don't really plug shit. It's <laughs> but, a good short film. It's really good. It's called Satisfied. It's my pinned tweet. Uh, well, I know. Should I plug my social or? I, yeah, if you want to. We gave you a platform. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Get <those> at, <laughs> I'm at underscore cheese dip, and yeah, because I have less followers than literally everyone I know. So feel free to follow me or follow the podcast I co-host. Uh, I'm on at Beck number two Beck Pod and Pope. Two Pope Pod, not watching Young Pope. I started watching Dead, <laughs> and Courtney says she's not mad at me, but I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I don't think she's mad at you, but I think if you start another show, she will be. Euphoria is so good, though. <laughs> it really is. It's so good. <laughs> I, I I watched it. I was like, huh. I watched Ass Ass Nation, and that was okay. How good could Euphoria be? And then I watched it, and it's literally like one of the best things I've seen in like forever. I'm <laughs> anyway, I'm shutting up now. <laughs> I'm indebted to Ass House Nation because the this whoever made that movie bought me pizza one day because I saw the movie and tweeted Whoa. about it. And then it bought me pizza and I was like, I'm gonna give your movie five stars on Letterboxd. So don't <laughs> don't say that chilling for corporations doesn't work. It really does. Um uh yeah Mike and Dana. <laughs> um, <laughs> You guys can follow me uh, on Twitter, Adam underscore, not Sandler. Uh, Aggressively OK podcast is still going somewhat strong. Uh, no, me and Joe are having marital problems, but it's OK. We'll, we'll work it out. And um, also check out Aggressively OK Productions on YouTube. I guess we have some short films on there. Uh, we're in the middle of editing one of them right now, and... It's pretty embarrassing, but I hope you guys tune out for it anyways. So, yeah, check that out. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. Um, yep, I don't think I have anything else to plug. Um, I don't remember if I've ever plugged this. Like, I really don't. 
but I directed a music video that came out on New Year's called New Year's Day by a friend of the pod, Deirdre Crean. I've never promoted that before on here, I don't think. So check that out. Everyone stream it. Yeah, stream stream the New Year's Day EP by Deirdre Crean. That's what I'll plug. Um, Follow the podcast on Twitter at Zillennial Canon for memes and dumbass audience involvement and me and Adam having a conversation from the same account. I, I'm um, just waiting for the day she locks me out of the account. I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to promote. Uh, you guys should leave us some reviews. That would be fun. Um, and I think that's it. Alright guys, thanks for coming on. Skylar disappeared. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Great time. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. And remember, you've been hoodwinked, baby. You've been hoodwinked, too. Hoodwinked, too. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>